0: Hi friends. How are we doing today? You're quiet today. <laughs> Thanks to each of you for joining us online, too. We're thrilled you came to church. This morning we continue a series we're calling Indescribable, in which we're seeking to describe the indescribable God. Each week of the series we're exploring a, a different aspect of God's character. And this week we're talking about the God of of hope that's what the apostle Paul calls him in Romans 15 throughout the bible prophets and poets point to God as the best source of hope, Psalm 62 verse 5, yes my soul find rest in God my hope comes from him we need hope like we need food and water Hebrew scholar Tim Mackey observes what you hope for Shapes what you live for. Dallas Willard used to define hope as the settled expectation of impending good. I love that definition. Dallas used to say, outside of love, hope may be the most powerful force in the universe. And think about it. Hope is essential for the human heart. Show me a human without hope, and I'll show you someone who's dying on the inside. Hope has the power to change the world. If someone in poverty works her way out of poverty, it wasn't simply because she got fed up with being poor. She found hope that she didn't have to be poor. Hope inspires a single to begin dating again. Hope stirs a 50-something to look for a new career. Hope empowers us to keep trying, keep loving, keep smiling, keep getting out of bed in the morning hope arouses expectation and dogged determination what if there is no hope what if you've lost your hope see as we talk about hope today I think we need to talk about discouragement I think we need to talk about grief I think we need to talk about what happens when life gets hard and it shouldn't be hard and God's not saying why it's so hard some of you are all too familiar with heartache. You know what it's like to be flattened by the feeling of dis- disappointment and disillusionment. You've been let go. You've been dumped. You've been rejected, overlooked, and ignored. Proverbs thirteen twelve observes, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And that's a proverb about disappointment. But not the disappointment you get when they're out of your favorite flavor of ice cream. Have you ever wanted something so badly, so desperately, that it constantly consumed your thoughts? Everywhere you go, you breathe a prayer. Oh God, please God. But when God doesn't respond how you want Him to respond, your heart's sick, your soul's weakened. In the Hebrew understanding, the heart is something more than your emotions. It's the core of who you are. It's your mind, feelings, intentions. See, the ancient sages who wrote the Proverbs offer insight on what today we'd call psychology. They thought about how the human heart works. They observed how it reacts to problems and pain and success and suffering. Proverbs 1722, a crushed heart is a cheerful heart is a good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. See a broken heart can have even physiological consequences. Anyone who struggled with depression could tell you the impact it had on their energy, the price their body paid. Proverbs eighteen fourteen, the human spirit can endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? Many underestimate the influence of your inner life. A strong well has raised countless people from their deathbeds. But as resilient as one's spirit may be, if that same spirit is broken, if that same spirit is crushed, what once had the power to lift a heavy burden, now itself becomes a crushing force that person must bear. Has your spirit been crushed? Has your heart grown sick? Have you lost your song? Well, today I want to hand you a song to sing when you don't feel like singing. I should admit from the outset, this song is a little dated. It's about 3,000 years old. It's found in the book of Psalms. The Psalms are the songbook of God's people. And for centuries, the people of God have found that they model for us how to find our song in every season of life. Well, today, today we're going to look at Psalm 42. And we're going to sing our way through the psalm. So the band's going to stay on stage with me. In fact, you may hear more from them than from me. And hopefully, the songs we sing together will help us work through the content of the psalm, both individually and as a community. See, Psalm 42 is a song for people who want to hope but can't hope. Psalm 42 is a song for people who are hoping God will heal their body, but it hasn't happened. Psalm 42 is a song for people who are begging God to heal their marriage, but the arguments are getting louder and the distance is growing greater. Psalm 42 is a song for people who are thrilled their friends' prayers are getting answered, but are sick and tired of theirs being ignored. Its opening lyrics may be familiar to you. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Ah, okay. You know, there was a worship song in the 80s that some of us sang in church based upon this verse. Tim's going to share it with you now. Sing it with him if you know it. As the deer
1: panteth for the waters of oh my soul long is I turn thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. You. All my strength, I chill. To you alone, make my spirit yield. You alone All my heart's desire, and I long to worship them. I sing the chorus one more time. You alone, sing it. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone make my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship thee.
0: I bring back any memories? It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. song. And when we sang it, we sang it meaningfully. But the song probably didn't do justice to the context of the psalmist's prayer. You know, the the chorus has a smooth, soothing vibe. I used to play it in a church band. Set it to a bossa nova beat. But honestly, I think the blues would have been a better choice. Because there's nothing smooth or soothing about this psalm. The writer of Psalm 42 wants us to picture a deer dying of thirst, longing for refreshment. The word in verse 1 translated streams of water is sometimes translated living waters. Living waters are streams that continue to flow even during the dry season. As a deer pants for living waters, I thirst for the living God. Our our modern take belies the author's intent. Now, this is not a peaceful request to experience more of God's presence, it is a desperate plea to find Him because God is nowhere to be found. The writer elaborates look at verse 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? you ever tried to pray and felt nothing like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling right back down to you perhaps you've gone through a season in which you felt abandoned by god maybe that's how you feel right now now if so you're not alone the people inspired by god to write the bible knew exactly what that feels like and god knowing a lot of us would feel that way made sure psalms like this made their way into the book To hand us words for our prayers when we have none of our own. Maybe you've poured your heart out to God to, to heal your broken heart, to help your kids find faith, to find a love that actually lasts, but you don't feel anything, sense anything, see anything. Your prayers seem powerless. Maybe you've begun to ask some tough questions. What did I do to make God so angry? Is he playing a trick on me? Has he forgotten me? Is he even there at all? When you've begun to lose hope, as the deer pants for living water, so my soul thirsts for the living God. The songwriter cries in verse 3, my, day, my tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? He seeks waters of refreshment, but tastes only bitter tears all he knows is grief all he knows is anguish and misery and he's surrounded by people taunting him with questions about his faith where is your God? but here's the problem their question is his question where is my God? oh I ache with the psalmist because he lacks hope but I'm not really worried about the psalmist because he's looking for it in the right place See, our songwriter has learned the secret to finding hope amidst hopelessness. you got to put your hope in someone, not something. Look, maybe you walked in today feeling helpless and hopeless. Maybe you need God to do something in your life you can't do for yourself. Maybe your teenager won't listen to reason and you feel helpless. Maybe you've been sinking into a pit of depression and every time you think you're making some progress climbing out, you slide right back down the slippery sides of the slimy walls. Well, my friend, if that's you, then I'm going to invite you to pause and pray a prayer with our band. It comes in the form of another old song and it's a simple one. Now, for some of the songs we'll sing, I'll ask you to stand, but, but not for this one. For this one, I'll just ask you to sit there and sing. And if you can't find it in you to sing, then mouth the words. If you can't mouth the words, just make it your silent prayer. If you've already prayed this prayer and you're sick of praying this prayer, would you pray it again this morning? open your heart to God.
1: I need the every hour most gracious
0: of reflection and this writer remembers how things used to be you know it didn't always, didn't always be, it wasn't always like this for him in verse 4 he says these things I remember as I pour out my soul how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng well those days are over We don't know why. Our psalmist, writing as an ancient Israelite, is separated from worship at the temple. Perhaps he's been exiled to Assyria or Babylon. Maybe he's sick. Maybe some kind of conflict prevents his journey to Jerusalem. Whatever the cause, the effect is the same. Separation from God's temple meant separation from God's presence. As his soul aches, the psalmist recalls what life used to be like. And my friend, maybe you're doing that now. You are miserable in the present, but you recall the good old days high school, college, another season of life when everybody was healthy and happy, when you felt close to God, when you were thriving in your career, when you had a tightly knit group of friends with whom you shared life. Those days are long gone. That's the complaint of the psalmist. But here's the truth. Sometimes just remembering the good old days makes matters worse. But, but, but. In verse 5, the psalm takes an interesting turn. Instead of offering a prayer, the writer turns inward and asks himself a question. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? He described his pain in graphic Hebrew. His soul is wailing within. Think of a confusing, dissonant disturbance of the heart. Maybe you know the feeling. That that crushing heartache that consumes your thoughts and overshadows all your other prayers. But note in Psalm 42, the poet is reasoning with himself. He's talking himself out of his despair. He asks, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Welsh minister and medical doctor Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote an exposition of Psalm 42 called Spiritual Depression. In it, he asks, Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. Now look, if you're living with a broken heart or a crushed spirit, I'm going to encourage you today to look inward and say to yourself the words of Psalm 42, put your hope in God. Put your hope in someone, not something. Now here's the key somewhere along the way, the songwriter learned, sometimes you got to talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. So we're going to do that right now. Stand with me. We're going to tell ourselves the truth about God. We're going to tell one another the truth about God. Now, it's a truth that may not feel true for you right now. And believe me, I think we need to feel our feelings. But we don't always need to trust our feelings. Now, as we sing together, sing to yourself. See how it changes your feelings.
1: Christ is my firm foundation The rock on which I stand When everything around me is shaken. Church, right through here, come on. I've never been born, yeah, I put my faith in Jesus, yeah, cause he's never let me, he's faithful through generations, whoa. we serve a God who doesn't fail. Anybody believe that this morning? Thank you Jesus. Can we sing it with that confidence? I've still got joy in chaos. I know it doesn't make sense. Let's do it. Come on. i still got joy in
2: chaos. Yeah,
1: let's go. I've
2: got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Cause I
0: songwriter asks himself why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him. My savior and my God. The verb translated put your hope in is is the Hebrew word yahal. Now when we think of the word hope in English we often water it down to simply mean wish as in I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. But see, biblical hope is more potent than mere wishing. Biblical hope is joyful anticipation. It isn't passive resignation to whatever happens. Biblical hope is active, disciplined confidence. Now, tension always seems to accompany hope. Because hope always involves waiting. Waiting. In fact, the Hebrew, word, the Hebrew verbs for hope are often translated wait. But, but it's not the kind of waiting you do in a waiting room. It's not the kind of waiting you do in a checkout line. Biblical hope is an eager expectation of God's actions. The, the word implies anticipation and endurance. And we desperately need both when life gets hard. Now, when you hope in God, you may not know what he's doing or when he's going to do it. But you know he's up to something. And note this about hope. In Psalm 42, the songwriter makes a choice to hope. He takes responsibility for his thoughts and feelings and says to them, put your hope in God. Now, I want to take a little survey right now. How many of you are waiting on God for something right now? Raise your hands. Waiting on God for something. I'm going to put two hands in the air. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of waiting going on, right? And, And maybe you'd say, I'm waiting on blank. What's in your blank? Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a baby. Maybe it's the restoration of a relationship. Maybe long for God to help you kick a destructive habit. Maybe you pine for freedom from shame. What's in your blank? Now, I've done a lot of waiting in my decades of doing life with Jesus. I've seen a lot of waiting in my decades of pastoring. But may I share with you What I've observed to be the secret of waiting well? You you gotta shift your perspective. You've gotta put your hope in someone, not something. See, people who wait well, who wait with joy and peace, don't wait on blank, they wait on God. And there's actually a big difference. Is your hope in a good grade? Is your hope in a Christmas bonus? Is your hope in a new relationship? a new job in a new city? Or is your hope in a God who will answer your prayers however he thinks best? Put your hope in God. Better still, tell yourself to put your hope in God. Now, we're going to sing another song, and this song is intended to get God's attention. So stand with us again. did a little exercise at our last worship night i think i'm going to do it again in this context how many of you are waiting on god for something put those hands in the air again okay lift them in the air now normally in church uh church like ours we raise our hands as a sign of worship now i know we all come from different faith traditions and some of you are gloriously uncomfortable with doing that and grace to you but but bear with me for a moment even a cursory glance at the Bible will show us that's actually a biblical response of worship. By lifting our hands, we are embodying what we think and feel about God. Right? Well, in this song, I'm going to invite you to lift your hands for a different reason. I'm going to invite you to lift your hands reaching out to Him in hopes that He'll reach back. Open your heart to Him.
1: I don't believe in fairy tales.
2: Yeah.
1: I guess I've outgrown them. That doesn't mean that I don't believe that there's something bigger than me. Cause I've seen it in a hospital room when the doctor said, Sorry, there's nothing more we can do. It wasn't true. I've never seen a of At the end of the rainbow, but I got a promise I can hold. Yeah, in the middle of the struggle, y'all say, "Come on, God, if you said yeah, you're performing may not be how I want you to." But here's what I I need to hear: I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you. Lord, I'll I tasted taste it your goodness, goodness. yeah. I'm trusting your promise, goodness. I'm gonna I'll wait on you. you. We declare it today. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna wait on you. Wait on you. Why? Because I tasted taste your goodness, goodness. Yeah. I'm trusting trust your promise, goodness. I'm gonna I'll wait on, you. Wait on you. you. Yes, we will wait on you. know you've ordered Yeah, with great faith, come on Yeah, you are the author Yeah, there's no predicting What is next. but well, you hold the fruit yeah. And all the questions They come second To the one I know is true Can we do that? Come on Cause you've always been true Yes, I'm gonna
2: wait on you on. Yeah, I'm gonna wait I'm tasting your goodness. I'm trusting your promise. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. I'm tasting your goodness. I'm trusting
1: your promise. Right here, come on, let's do it. Sing, wait on the Lord. Come on, wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. Yes, he will. So wait and say again, wait on the Lord. My faith is rising. Wait on the Lord. He promises, He will. Strength sing it out, church. Come on, so wait. I say, wait on the Lord. Jesus, wait, yeah, wait on the Lord, yes, Lord, wait on the Lord, because he will renew your strength, so wait, I'm going to wait on you, yes, I'm going to wait on you, because I've tasted your goodness, come on, I'll trust in your friends. I'm going to wait on you. Yes, I'm going to wait on you. Because I've tasted your goodness. Trust in your promise. I'm going to wait on you.
0: in the middle of the psalm we find hope verse 6 my soul is downcast within me therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar now it's difficult to discern the geography of verse 6 but his point is clear enough The psalmist is nowhere near the temple in Jerusalem, nowhere near the presence of God. But look at his determination. Though he's distant and downcast, nevertheless, he is resolved to remember the Lord. We talked about this recently. Our English word remember isn't strong enough to translate the Hebrew text accurately. Remembering is more than recalling a feeling. Remembering in Hebrew is about remaining faithful. It's about commitment. So this is a confession of faith. He says, I will remember you. I will remain faithful to you in spite of my circumstances. This is a robust declaration of faith. However, in the very next verse, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Now, our, our writer uses water as a motif throughout the song. But here the metaphor turns on him. Instead of refreshing drink, he finds crushing surges. He's drowning. He's unable to catch a breath while he's being swept away by the current. Now it's the same language used by the prophet Jonah in Jonah chapter 2. Does anybody feel like you're drowning today? Maybe you're drowning in responsibility. Everybody wants a piece of you. (laughs) Everybody's disappointed with you. Are you drowning in everybody's expectations of you? Maybe you're drowning in loneliness. You feel like nobody cares about you. And you wonder if you should add God to that list. Now don't miss this. The songwriter's holding God responsible. He says, your waves, your breakers have swept over me. But he hasn't given up yet. He writes, By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Here love is the Hebrew word chesed. It's God's steadfast love. His unceasing love. The psalmist knows that God's love is with him. At least in theory. Now maybe here he's reminding himself of the facts. Though he doesn't feel God's love, God's love is a fact. And the thought of God's love stirs a song in his heart. By day the Lord directs his love. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Now, do you see the paradox of this song? Throughout the psalm, the writer has one foot in faith and the other in doubt. As he pens these words, his jumbled feelings... Show us he's grasping hope with one hand and despair with the other. And this makes absolutely no sense until you've been where he's been and felt what he's felt. In verse 9, he toggles back to despair. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? few moments ago we sang about God being a rock well here the psalmist takes that powerful confession and twists it into a personal complaint okay God my rock you hear the sarcasm in the sentence okay my rock my stability my shelter why have you forgotten me Why would he? Why would God allow his child to go through an experience like this, whatever he's going through? And friends, I don't know. I know sometimes God allows us to experience hardship to strengthen our faith. I've heard some vineyard owners welcome droughts and refuse to irrigate because the dry weather forces the vine's roots to grow deeper. Okay. But I don't know why God isn't responding to the psalmist. But really, maybe the songwriter isn't really asking why. Maybe he's just registering a complaint. And maybe he's making a point. And his point is, this is pointless. He's asking God to do something. The psalmist makes a harsh accusation. Why have you forgotten me? In Hebrew he writes... The word shakhach, it, it, it's the antonym of that word remember we saw earlier our English word for remember wasn't adequate in verse 6 neither is the word forget in verse 9 for, forgetting and remembering in Hebrew are, are actions not done by accident like forgetting where you left your iPhone Now, these, these verbs describe deliberate action the writer doesn't accuse God of, of passively forget him, forgetting him as if he were out of sight, out of mind. The, the word means to intentionally put something out of your mind. The songwriter here indicts the Almighty, charging, God, you're ignoring me. You've abandoned me. Lewis Smeeds explains why. He says, when God gets into our hoping, we pin our hopes on a person. However, Smedes notes with his characteristic honesty, when God gets involved in our hoping, the odds get better, the stakes get higher, and the pain gets worse. He continues, the odds get better because God can do things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. The stakes get higher because if God fails to come through for us, we're not only disappointed with what we did not get, that we did not get what we, we hope for, We are left on our own screaming to a deaf heaven. And the pain gets worse because it hurts more to feel let down by God than it does to be fleeced by dumb fortune. Smeets continues. Anyone who plants her hope in the soil of God discovers sooner or later that we don't always harvest all we hope for. Hoping in him may improve the odds of getting what we hope for. But nothing except grace is a sure thing. The songwriter asks God, why are you ignoring me? Is that true? Is God ignoring him? Well, I don't think it's true. But it is true to his emotions. And the Bible sometimes presents words and prayers that are more emotional and they are theologically precise. That's why we find them so helpful when our hearts are broken. You see, the Psalms teach us to pray honest prayers. Prayers that are true to our thoughts and emotions. I often share with you the wisdom of C.S. Lewis. He said, we must lay before him what's in us, not what ought to be in us. if you're going to talk to God, you need to talk to him honestly. I suppose one could argue someone with a faith stronger than the psalmist might have prayed a different prayer than the one we find in Psalm 42. But friends, God allowed flawed people with flawed faith to write these prayers because he knew we would need to pray them too. Look, I know we've sung a couple songs of faith, today already but I wonder if you need to sing a song of frustration instead as you sit right where you are if you need to make this your song make it your song be honest with our Lord will you do that?
1: I'm tired, so tired from walking. Lord, I'm so alone. Lord, the dark is creeping in, is creeping up to swallow me. I think I'll stop, and rest here. All that I can say right now right now This is all that I can give It's my year. This is all that I can say right now right now This is all that I can give It's my ear. When did you hear me call your name? Wasn't it you I gave my heart to? I wish you'd remember where you sat it down. And this is all, this is all that I can say right now, right now. This is all that I can give, I know that it's not much, but this is all that I can say right now, right now. This is all that I can give, it's my help. Was you holding me? I didn't know that you were crying too I didn't know that that was you washing my feet And this is all, this is all that I can see right now, right now This is all that I can give I know it's not much But this is all that I can say right now, right now This is all that I can give Oh, it's my everything Yeah, yeah, yeah It's my everything
0: As the psalm comes to its conclusion, the songwriter sighs, my bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Literally, in Hebrew, he, he cries, there's murder in my bones. Friends, in Psalm 42, we're observing the depths of hopelessness. And apparently people around him are making matters worse with their taunts. But but they don't attack the songwriter's competence or his character. They attack his confidence in God. Talk about a low blow. Nevertheless, Psalm 42 ends with a repetition of the self-talk we saw in verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? put your hope in God for I will yet praise him my savior and my God so our writer finds just enough faith to command his soul put your hope in someone not something put your hope in God now friends it's a good thing to hope for good things but we desperately need a greater hope to fall back on if life hands us disappointment. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Maybe your hope was stripped from you in a devastating moment. Or maybe your hope washed away slowly over a long season of disillusionment. And sometimes that happens because of false hope. Sometimes we put hope in things that can't really bring hope. You work out incessantly obsess over your body so you can ha- have the, the, the perfect appearance so you can be happy but it doesn't make you happy you, you work 90 hours a week so you can be successful so you can satisfy the longing of your soul and make a few million while you're at it but in the end fame and fortune just leave a bad taste in your mouth you, you bend over backwards to get her to love you because if she loves you You'll be all right. But our love doesn't make everything all right. Now hear me, there's nothing wrong with working out or working hard or working on a relationship. But if you're pinning your hopes on things that won't really give you the hope you long for, that's false hope. And you're destined for devastation. But some of you have been devastated for a different reason. You put your hope in good things. good people or or good causes (laughs) but hope failed you and you've given up some of you have given up on hope because hope hurt you Oh, your hopes weren't false hopes they were serious hopes for serious things like provision or protection or connection You, you weren't wrong to hope for or hope in those things but when you did, you got burned. Look, it's okay to put your hope in people or things. That's a part of life and love. And it's okay to do so, as long as it's not your ultimate hope. I've learned over the years, I need an ultimate hope that transcends circumstances. I need a hope that's bigger than health or wealth. I need a hope that's bigger than success or affirmation or admiration. I need a hope that's bigger than the hope I have in my wife or my kids. I need an ultimate hope to fall back on when life disappoints me. And that's why I need to put my hope in God. We often say around here, trust God's character, not particular outcomes. See, it's one thing to trust God to answer your prayers it's another thing to trust God to answer your prayers however he thinks best that's a greater hope so put your hope in someone not something put your hope in God now friends I can tell you this week after week after week in my messages but I'll tell you right now that will not be nearly as effective as you telling yourself day by day hour by hour so you gotta remind your soul to hope in God well I wanna conclude our time together with one more song and I think it may be the most important song we'll sing today because the lyrics demonstrate the actions of Psalm 42 this song makes the theology of Psalm 42 portable how often do I remind you sometimes we need to do things we don't feel like doing if we're going to feel differently well I think this song is a good place to start so stand with me one last time open your heart open your mouth and talk to yourself as you talk to God
2: Say, so my heart starts changing. and well, I'm gonna wish till I mean every word. Cause the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are or what you. You still deserve it my king. Oh i stop singing your praise. I'll never stop singing your praise. Into the blessing and the pain, you are worthy. Whether you say yes or no, way. you are worthy. Through it all, I choose to say you are worthy. I'll never stop singing your praise. I'll never stop singing the praise
1: You are all things You deserve the
2: glory
1: Yes, you deserve the glory You deserve the glory No matter what we face, Jesus you deserve the glory, whether you say yes or no, we wait. You deserve the glory, oh, because you weren't the of it all. You weren't the of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all wrong things. You deserve the glory.
0: Lord, I pray for my friends who walked in today, tuned in online, who feel helpless and hopeless. God would they sense you very near right now I pray their eyes would be open to recognize that you have stopped everything to get their attention in their hopelessness in their disillusionment in their despair It's a dark season and they're sick of it being a dark season. But may they recognize that you are sitting with them in that dark season. You haven't gone anywhere. Uh, Lord, I pray for the man or the woman or the teen, whoever's watching this in the room, online months, years into the future Lord if they don't know you or don't know you well and they're just exploring faith right now in a dark season grasping in the dark to see if they can find you, if you're there I pray today this message, this psalm I pray they experience it as you reaching out to them and squeezing their hand Reminding them you are here and you are near and you're not going anywhere. I pray, I pray that person comes to trust you with their whole lives, even now. I pray for, I pray for the disciple that's been faithfully following you for decades they've been doing this so long they think they 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 got life figured out they got you figured out but then the rug got pulled out from under their faith and something happened and all the things they thought they've begun to doubt The faith that seems so unshakable is crumbling underneath them. Or for that person, may they recognize even in this dark season what you're doing is you're just inviting them to look to you with, with a new way to hope. I know this is true of me so often I can think I'm putting my hope in you but I'm really just putting my hope in things from you and so help us to realize if that's what we've done give us the grace to to trust you not something from you Lord I pray that you help us as we think about these things Put what we learned today into practice, that it shapes the way we live tomorrow. I pray in the name of King Jesus, amen. Stay standing. I want to give you a little homework for the week. I hope you recognize that as we work through Psalm 42 and we talk about hope, I'm not sending you out into the world to adopt an obnoxious optimism right you've heard the old expression when life hands you lemons make lemonade pro tip don't say that to people no really if you're in a dark season and someone says that to you you want to give them 1,000 paper cuts and pour lemonade on them don't you no, don't say that to people. It can be, it, you can experience it as incredibly invalidating. But, 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 pro tip number two, it's easier to hear it when you say it to yourself. So here's your homework. Talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. Talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. This week, you say, Troy, w- 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 what should I say? What should I say to myself? I got one for you. Psalm 42, verse 11. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior, my God. I committed that refrain to memory when I was a kid, and I've been saying it ever since. Oh, there's power in it. There's power in that intentional reminder. Talk to yourself. More than you listen to yourself? Now, uh, you might be like me. For me... I, I, music moves me. Maybe, maybe that's not all of you. I'm a musician. I used to be a musician. I'm not really a musician anymore, but, but songs move me. And I hope some of the songs that we sang today are, are songs you can glom onto this week and, and, and put into your playlist. Get those things in your ear. Here are a couple that might stand out to you. One of them is that, 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 soft song of frustration it's called all i can say by david crowder this is an old one okay this goes back to the to the late 90s when when crowder was just starting out as a worship leader leading a a college worship ministry and so but it's a good one you can find it on itunes give it a download okay uh perhaps the one you need the most is the one that I have certainly put on repeat many, many times over the last several months, and it's called "Worthy of My Song" by Phil Wickham and Chandler Moore in the Maverick City Gospel Choir. Um, oh, download it! Don't just don't play, just do it and and listen and listen and listen and and act. Remember, because that that song embodies the act of Psalm 42, making a decision. I'm going to preach to myself. Okay, okay. Here's a book for the week: "Keeping Hope Alive." by the late and wonderful Lewis Smeads. in this book he talks about false hope crushed hope infinite hope when to give up on hope Smedes said this he said a hopeful person is someone who has turned hoping into a habit huh he says becoming a more hopeful person than we are is up to us we may be predisposed by our temperament to focus on the bad things that we imagine are coming down the pike but we are not fated to surrender to our fear to them. Pick up this book, see what you learn from it. Now normally we give you a a, a verse every week and I already gave you the one from Psalm 42 verse 11, but we're giving you a second verse this week. And this comes from Romans 15 verse 13. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. In fact, I find myself praying through it for myself regularly. The apostle Paul prays this prayer. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, you can learn to pray this over yourself. You can talk to yourself with Psalm forty two eleven, 11, but you can pray Romans fifteen thirteen and just turn the pronouns over. Turn, turn the, flip the pronouns. Lord, may you, my God of hope, fill me with all joy and all peace as I trust in you. Lord, help me to trust in you so that I might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Pray that over yourself. Uh, e- 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 go further. Pray it over someone you love. Maybe someone in your life is in a dark space. They don't even know you're doing this. Just start praying this over them daily. Lord, our God of hope, would you fill them with all joy and all peace, okay? If you'd like to receive prayer, we'll have somebody waiting here at the front to pray for you as the service concludes. Uh, if you're watching online or any of you here throughout the week, you can always send us an email, care at com. We'd love... To to pray over your needs, and, and I one more thing I want to I, I want to remind you of. Eric mentioned it a few moments ago, and I want to invite all of you to our worship night. It's this Wednesday. We haven't done one on a Wednesday, but it's Thanksgiving week, so we're going to have some fun and see see what happens. Uh, this Wednesday at six thirty, we'll sing some songs, we'll pray some prayers, and we'll encourage one another. I'm telling you, something happens to me. I I, I can speak for myself when I'm in a, a room full of people. Who are singing praise to God? We, we can share faith with one another. Then I leave walking away different. And, and, and this week we're gonna we're gonna focus on gratitude to our Lord. So I hope you can join us this Wednesday, six thirty p.m. right here at our Salt Lake campus. This is what I want to pray for all of you, my friends. May our God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for coming in. Grace and peace.